Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Welcome into Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and holy hell, I how can you not love the Nuggets? How can you not love this team and what they're able to bring to the table every single night? It, it may not be on time. Or, actually, no, that's not true. It may, may not be early, but it certainly was on time as the Denver Nuggets, they win 108-103 over the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, they go up 2-0. They go up 2-0 at this point, and that's exactly what the Nuggets needed. I talked so much before this series and, and even after game one about how important it was for Denver to hold surf, for them to hold home court, and you got it. You got it. It, it, was, it was scary. It was stressful. It was definitely not the most uh, pretty game that the Nuggets have ever played, but they dug it out there, and holy hell, there's just so much to talk about with this game, and I'm I'm still buzzing about it. I'm still I am still trying to figure out how the hell they actually won it. I think the Lakers should have won that game. I think that they should have been able to take that, but the Nuggets, heart of the tiger, or heart of, heart of the champion, eye of the tiger. The Denver Nuggets, they little old Denver Nuggets, who are the most disrespected, most uh, most overlooked, most underappreciated team, at least according to Michael Malone. Uh, they are they are still in the driver's seat, despite the fact that hey, I mean sometimes sometimes if you're if you're the Lakers, you gotta feel good, you gotta feel really good about about pushing the Nuggets at home, like just making sure that. That they were able to, like, they, they got some adjustments and the adjustments worked. And Rui Hachimura, he's just so good. And, like, hey, they uh, they were so close. So, so close. That's ah, fine. They, they, we, we could talk about that another day, though, because the Nuggets are up 2 0. They're up 2 0 in a series against the Los Angeles Lakers. How insane is that? It's the Western Conference Finals. The Nuggets had only ever won one game one previously. Now they've won game two. They are in full control of this series now. Now the series doesn't start until the the road team or until the home team loses. So they can still hold serve in LA. But what the Nuggets proved last series is that they can absolutely take off going for like they can they can still win game five and six in a row if they need to. But still very important for Denver to get this one and, and put all of the pressure back onto the Los Angeles Lakers. And the guy who did it, like the guy who did it is Jamal Murray. I look when he was three of ten. I thought, yeah, Jamal's not taking the best shots. I, I I didn't like his shot selection. I thought, okay, he he wasn't like that bad during that stretch, and then he missed his next five in a row, including some really bad shots. I thought, man, it's just it's just not working. And then he he said in the post game he alligator armed one of those shots and and was just. He was trying to figure out what his rhythm was, what his role was going to be in this game. And somewhere in the middle of that third quarter, he was taken out of the game, actually. He was taken out of the game by Michael Malone. 
About six minutes into the third quarter, Bruce Brown comes in. Then Jamal Murray comes back in at about the three-minute mark of the third quarter and starts making a couple shots. And then he took over. Then he took over in the fourth quarter when the Nuggets needed him most. Denver had held serve. They had mostly, like, Jokic had done his job making sure to keep Denver attached throughout the mo- the majority of that game. I don't want it lost on anybody that Jokic did great throughout most of this game as a scorer, let alone as a, as a passer and a playmaker setting everybody up. But what Jamal Murray just did is exactly why I believe in him. It's exactly why I will never, ever waver in my belief in Jamal Murray. Because he never, he never fully gets down. You never know when something like this can happen. You never know when something like this can completely flip a, when he can flip a switch, when he can turn the coin over, whatever, whatever you want to call it. When he gets into this zone, there are like three people in the NBA's history that can say that they matched it. It's LeBron. It's not, not leaving LeBron. It's Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and Stephen Curry. Those are the guys that it really comes to mind where you cannot let these guys go. You cannot let these guys get hot because they will carry the day and Jamal will carry the day. This was his fourth game, his fourth playoff game with 20 plus points, which is the most in the NBA in the last 25 seasons, uh, dating back to 1997. Michael Jordan had a couple. Uh, Allen Iverson had a couple. I don't think anybody else has more than one. Jamal has four. Four. Well, some of those are in the bubble, but two of them are not. Two of them are not. One of them was against the San Antonio Spurs in game two of his third season when he was 21 years old. Actually, he was 22 at the time. One of those was tonight, where he shot three of 15 to begin the game. Three of 15. was horrible. I, I commented on his defense. He looked like a space cadet out there at the beginning of the third quarter and just did not know where he needed to go. And he can still turn it up. He still has that gear. And it's why he, it's like him having that gear is why I will always believe in him. You, you never know when he's going to flip it. You never know when you're going to need it. But when you do need it, he's there. He is there. And the Nuggets absolutely needed him to be great in this game, especially at that point, and and he made it work. It's uh, Rich says it here. I think this is actually a good thing. The moment is never too big. He's making shots over LeBron James, giving him the thumbs up, giving him the thumbs up. Like, hey, cool, bro. Like that's that's in game one when he had thirty one. He played really well in game one. Didn't play well for the majority of game two, and then he turns it up exactly when you need it. And it doesn't matter that. It's the Western Conference Finals against LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. It just doesn't. Like, Jamal is built for that. Jamal is has always been built for that. And it is really cool to see. Really, really cool. He was able to pick up the team. Uh, not a lot of guys were getting going, and, and part of it was because Jamal was taking a lot of the shots. But Jokic, he slowed down just a little bit, and Jamal knew that he had to step up and did. And it's great to see. Denver doesn't win this game, obviously, without Jamal stepping up in that regard. Denver was kind of dead in the water for a lot of the like for a lot of the game. And Jamal was a part of that. But just as much a part of the rise, just as much a part of finishing off the Lakers. He had 37 points tonight, 9 of 10 from the uh from the free throw line, as well as 11 of 24 from the field and 6 of 14 from three. Took 14 threes and made six of them. That's a great percentage. 
It's exactly what you need. He was a plus eight. Didn't lead the team in plus minus. We'll get to Bruce Brown in just a little bit. But 37 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals. Thought his defense was much better tonight uh, outside of the, the space cadet time that I was talking about. And he played 43 minutes. 43. It's a 48-minute game. Like, just really, really impressive stuff from him. The Nuggets needed it, and he absolutely delivered. Now let's talk about Jokic. Uh, slowed down just a little bit in that fourth quarter, but it was, I think, mostly by design. Uh, up until that point, he was cooking Rui Hachimura. He was cooking Anthony Davis. He was cooking basically anybody that he was switched on to. And then they decided to switch it up and, and put LeBron on him. And LeBron actually had some success. He was very physical. He was moving around him in the post. He was making Jokic work. He stripped him in the post multiple times when he was trying to go up for the for the uh, for the play. Like LeBron had four steals and two blocks tonight. He was great and just didn't make his threes, and that was the biggest issue. But LeBron was great tonight and did a great job matching what Jokic was doing. But even when Jokic is is a little bit shaky. Like 23 points, 9 of 21, 0 of 3 from 3, but I, I think one of those, or at least one of those was a heave. 5 of 6 from the line, 17 rebounds once again. 17 rebounds and 12 assists and 3 steals. Did have 5 turnovers, but that's fine. He was a plus 7 in his minutes. And Michael Malone did an interesting thing with the rotation that I think was very important for this game. Uh, Jokic, when he was uh, when he was in the... First half goes out after the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter starts, and then he comes back in normal rotation. Eight twenty one, I think, was when he came back in in the second quarter. So like just over, like just under four minutes. Then in the fourth quarter, he plays the entire third, and then starts the fourth quarter. Gets the team off to a good, healthy start where they they start to see the ball go through the net a little bit. Goes off. And then the team continues, and Murray continues, and Porter hits some shots, and Bruce Brown hits some shots. Denver plays pretty well. And then Jokic comes back into the game at about the seven-minute mark. So he gets a three-minute rest in the second half, a three-and-a-half-minute rest in the first half, and it worked out perfectly. Denver needed that, uh, and I thought that that was a great thing that Michael Malone did. It was little, little change, little change to what they were doing. Didn't want the team to have to work uphill for the entire time to begin the fourth quarter. And I think it was a great momentum thing for him. But uh, the other thing is that he just matched up with Anthony Davis, was very, very good in this game, got the defensive player of the game chain. And Anthony Davis goes 18 points on 15 shots, but four of 15 from the field, nine of 11 from three, and had four turnovers in this game, four assists, four turnovers. AD did make some other impact plays, like he grabbed 14 rebounds, he had four blocks and a steal, and did some great things defensively. But on the offensive end, AD was more or less a non-factor throughout this game. He had some free throws, he had some makes, he made a three in that stretch between like the five-minute mark and three-minute mark, where Denver, they had a 12-point lead and it got cut down to three in like a blink of an eye. But I thought that Jokic did a great job defensively against AD. Some of those were just misses, but most of the time, Jokic was playing great defense, had 13 defensive boards, had three steals, did a lot of great things, and Denver only allowed 103 points. That's part of the reason for that. So really great stuff from Nikola for the most part. And I do think that he'll have to figure out LeBron matching up against them. But I also think that one of the reasons that LeBron struggled a little bit 
on the offensive end with his shot, his, sh- his shot's coming up a little bit short, a little bit wild, was because of uh, um, it was because he was battling Jokic, and like a lot of LeBron's threes came in that second half. So not really a surprise. Also, I should mention that Tony Brothers, uh, he and Jokic were talking like throughout this game, like they were they were chatting, and and I think that Jokic and him, I think their relationship has improved. Uh, I don't want to say that outright. It did look like the script was in for the Lakers at the beginning of this game. There's no doubt about that. But I do think that Denver, uh, Jokic in particular, has done such a much better job of interacting with the referees and and having a conversation with a guy like Tony Brothers as opposed to just yelling at him and getting flustered and frustrated. And I think I think he benefited from that. Jokic got six free throws, not anything crazy, but LeBron only got four, so. Uh, it, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. I, I do think that that could change in, in L.A. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But uh, the refs, while it felt like they were going to be a storyline tonight, ultimately did not become a storyline by the end. And then Michael Porter Jr. We'll talk about him before we hit a break. Michael Porter stepping up is such a big deal. Uh I don't remember exactly when the shots all happened, but it felt like Michael Porter, because of foul trouble in the first half, uh, played five minutes in the first quarter, five minutes in the second quarter. Uh, He was mostly a non-factor in that first half. He did have a couple of makes, but for the most part, he, he didn't play great defense, I don't think, in that first half. And then wasn't super involved because he didn't have an opportunity to really get into rhythm, but he stayed ready. And that's so important for a guy like him. And in, in a game like this where it's it's not always going to be the perfect flow. It's not always going to be, hey, you know when your shots are coming. You know when you have to hit them. Porter didn't know when those shots were coming. But he did have one in that second half where I think it got him going a little bit. Where Jokic grabs a rebound. The Lakers go for the offensive rebound and miss. Jokic grabs the defensive rebound. Porter goes down the left lane. And mishandles the pass a little bit and keeps moving and and kind of like shifting into the corner and shoots a fading three out of bounds and hits it because he's an unbelievable shooter. And that one got him going because he loves those transition looks, even if they're fading, even if it's not perfect. He knows that he's going to get a shot off and he just loves to hunt for those moments. So him being able to step up in that moment, hit that shot, I think it Got him going a little bit. I think he he made two more threes, if I'm not mistaken, in that fourth quarter. And like it just felt like the shots were big. And he made a, a nice defensive play on uh, on AD as well. One of the turnovers that AD had was when he tried to get into Michael Porter Jr. And Porter just didn't budge. He, he, he stood him up a little bit and AD lost the ball. So there's some great stuff going on with Porter right now. And it's not perfect. Nobody's asking him to be perfect. But in terms of, hey... You need a third option. You need somebody to step up in the moments in the gaps between when Jokic and Murray are doing their thing. Porter has found that rhythm. Porter has found that ability. And 16 points on 5 of 10, 4 of 7 from 3, 2 of 2 from the line. It's nothing crazy. But he also had 7 rebounds and 3 assists. Thought his defense was pretty good. Yes, he had 3 turnovers, but Gordon had 3, Jokic had 5, Murray had 3. It wasn't like Porter was the only guy to do that. So, look... Credit where credit is due. Michael Porter deserves a ton of it. And, and his ability to be able to stay on the floor, even after getting taken out of things with foul trouble, 
that's a really, really great sign for his development and, and where this series and where maybe maybe the next series uh, could, could, could take Denver. So hopefully Michael Porter continues to stay ready. He's been, he's been great so far, and I, I have no reason to believe that he won't. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the rest of the starters as well as the bench unit in the second segment. But first... This podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Bring that big bet energy this summer with Superbook. Superbook is the most trusted name in sports betting. And right now, use promo code MILEHIGH to to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they will match your first bet up to $250 with promo code MILEHIGH. Simply visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions or download the Superbook Colorado app in the app stores. Enter the promo code MILEHIGH and you'll get 250 bucks courtesy of Superbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast, folks. If you're hanging out, make sure to give this a like on the YouTube side. Doing my best to to hang out and cover the game both in person while also being able to come home and uh, be able to put on a show at least a little bit. So really appreciate everybody for hanging out with me at this this midnight hour on Pickaxe and Roll. Good stuff. Uh, We have a Lakers fan that has entered the chat. Um, and he's saying Lakers in six. So that's awesome. <laughs> like, cool, bro. That's, uh, that's, that's exactly what everybody's looking for. All right. Let's talk about, uh, KCP first. I, KCP didn't play in the fourth quarter, nor, nor did I think he needed to. I think that Bruce Brown was the better guy and they, they needed the other four to really step in. So KCP, this is what the, is what the role is supposed to look like for KCP, I think. Not necessarily 26 minutes, but hey, sometimes you're going to close and sometimes you're not. And in this matchup, I called him the X Factor for a reason. I thought, okay, I don't know what you're going to get from him on a night-to-night basis because there isn't a perfect matchup against him. Putting him on Austin Reeves or D'Angelo Russell, like Denver took D'Angelo Russell out of this game and D'Angelo Russell did not close for a reason. That was a big, big deal for Denver. Uh, I think that 10 points, 5 assists for D'Angelo Russell, 3 of 8 from the field, 1 of 5 from 3, and then a minus 16, a team worst minus 16, by the way. That's a big deal. Denver has accomplished what they set out to do with what their their initial read on the series was, was to try to take D'Angelo Russell out of things. You probably can't do Russell and Reeves, and I think that it would be wise, in my opinion, if Denver tried to take out Reeves at some point because he's been making some crazy shots. He's banked in multiple threes in this series. So maybe that's just something that you can't really deal with. But KCP, 26 minutes in his time, eight points, three of eight from the field, two of five from three. The two threes that he did hit were big. And that's an important aspect of it. He was a team worst minus nine, although he got hit with the foul trouble right at the beginning of the game. And uh, basically Denver was minus six and they never really recovered from that. And KCP's plus minus never really recovered from that. But look, uh, that's that's that sometimes how the cookie crumbles. Like I'm not gonna, 
I think that he was playing aggressive defense against D'Angelo Russell in the backcourt on the first foul and then kind of got hit with a BS foul the second time. Uh, that happens. Like, it's it's going to be okay. And Denver survived what was initially thought to be the foul trouble game. And uh, that's that's perfectly fine. But only 26 minutes for KCP. Had a couple big threes. Team worse minus nine. Could be worse. But uh, Denver Denver survived. That's, that's the most important thing. Aaron Gordon. Uh, great defense from AG. It may not feel like it sometimes, but I do think that uh, Aaron Gordon, like it's it's hard sometimes when when LeBron James was nine of thirteen on twos and had ten assists to three turnovers, was a plus four in a game the Lakers lost by five. LeBron had a really good game, other than you know the the botched like and one mixtape dunk that he tried to put on at the in the second quarter when the Lakers were starting to pull away a little bit. Uh, that would have been nice, a couple of nice points for them to have back. And and then LeBron also, I think he turned it over at one other point. Or, or no, he missed a layup right before that too. Like just a really bad missed layup. Nothing that AG really did on that, but I still think that AG played pretty good defense. And if you have to make LeBron work, that's the most important thing. Also stood up Anthony Davis in the post on one possession. That's the most important thing too. Uh, only four rebounds for Aaron Gordon. Ten points, five of nine from the field. Missed his two threes. He's now 0 of 5 from three in this series. Didn't take any free throws. That's something that I'm at least monitoring. Like, he's not really being super aggressive around the rim. And that's a that's a different sign. That's, that's at least a sign of somebody that might be a little bit shaky on the jumper, uh, both from the three-point percentage side and the free throw percentage side. He had been doing so well throughout this uh, throughout this series, and not not this series, but throughout these playoffs with the free throws. But now it feels like he's kind of returning to earth a little bit, and that's not a great sign. So, but look, he was a plus four. Denver needed those minutes. They are running out of players that they can really play. I think that Gordon is somebody that like he's got to be out there. Like he's he's Denver's fourth best player. Bruce Brown can have his moments for sure, but. Uh, Gordon is still super important within the grand scheme of defending LeBron James and Anthony Davis because he could do a credible job on both. So Denver has the flexibility to be able to mix and match, and hopefully Gordon continues to find his stride. Like he, he's got to continue to be aggressive, but hey, five of seven on twos ain't bad. Uh, he's just got to continue to figure out a way to leave his imprint on the series just a little bit more. Um, now let's move on to the bench. First half bench lineup, this got a little bit wonky because of the foul trouble and because Denver, like the first two minutes that they played with this particular lineup was so bad that they went back to Jamal, like in, in two minutes. Bruce Brown, KCP, Michael Porter, Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon. Jeff Green was not good in the first half and was better in the second half. I'll talk about him in just a little bit. But Bruce Brown, KCP, where where would the team be without those guys? Like, uh, oh, I forgot that KCP, the... the when I was tweeting about those guys at the same time, they both hit threes to basically like the Lakers were at 74 points, 76 points, somewhere around there. And the Nuggets were down like eight. And then those guys just hit three big baskets in a row. And Bruce Brown's a big part of that. He deserves so much credit. He's really the only threat off the bench for Denver. And Denver had 14 points off the bench and Bruce Brown had 12. Uh, immediately after the game that he had last time where I'm pretty sure that he had like 16 points and Denver had uh, two others off the bench. So 
It really is just Bruce Brown right now, and he's stepping up in a big way. Second half bench lineup, Denver decided, yeah, screw it. Oh, and by the way, Christian Brown also played a little bit. Reggie Jackson also played a little bit in the first half. They did not play in the second half. And instead, Bruce Brown and Jeff Green played. And then you had different combinations of starters, but mostly it was Jamal Murray, Bruce Brown, Michael Porter, Jeff Green, and one of Nicole Jokic or Aaron Gordon. And that's uh, where we got into that adjustment, just speaking in that first segment. Michael Malone goes to Nikola Jokic out of the timeout in the fourth, like in between the third and the fourth quarter, plays him for two minutes, then gets him a three-minute rest after that. I thought that that was a stroke of genius because it got Denver good shots at the very beginning, and they were able to set their defense, and they were able to get out and run. And you only do that for two minutes just to get the kind of the ball rolling a little bit, and then he took him out for three minutes, and Jamal percolated during that time, and then Michael Porter hit some big shots, and that's just that's just how it is. And then he comes back in and does pretty well. But I like this lineup: the uh, Jamal, Bruce, MPJ, Jeff, and and Nicola. I think that that's a good group against the Lakers. Not sure if it's necessarily a good group against other people, but uh, the lineup that I don't like against the Lakers, basically, you take out Michael Porter and you put in Christian Brown. I don't like that lineup because it doesn't have enough spacing. With Michael Porter out there, it does, and there's more length and athleticism, and, and I, not not athleticism, but more length, uh, and that's just such a big deal against this Lakers team, especially if they're going to play, and, and they did play LeBron James and Anthony Davis for the entire fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. So that is a big, big deal. Uh, just just a ton of credit for those guys. Um, all right, let's get to Bruce Brown here, though. Ye freaking hot once again. This is the second time that I've used this one. Uh, Bruce Brown, 12 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. Spent a lot of time guarding LeBron James in the second half. 5 of 11 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, plus 16 in his 37 minutes, which means that the Nuggets were minus 11 in the other 11. That's a big deal, and a lot of that just comes at the very beginning with the starting lineups. So Denver's going to have to figure out the starting lineups a little bit. They didn't really do well at the beginning of this game. Part of that was because of foul trouble. But it was the same thing at the beginning of the third quarter. So maybe that's something that they have to change. But when Bruce Brown was out there, the Nuggets didn't struggle at all. They were great. They were absolutely great. Basically, just looking at the rotation chart, Bruce Brown came in at the he came in at the 10-minute mark of the first quarter because of KCP's foul trouble. Played the rest of the first quarter, the first two minutes of the second quarter, took a three-minute stretch off, and then when Michael Porter got into foul trouble at the middle middle points of the second half, second quarter came back in and played the final seven minutes at small forward. So there's just a lot to like. And then he played the final 18 minutes of the game. So look, this this is a big time moment for Bruce Brown, who's making himself a ton of money, just just a ton of money in these playoffs, doing what he can and filling every single role the Nuggets needed him to play. In each of those halves, he played point guard, shooting guard, and small forward. Like he didn't play a ton of point guard because Jamal played 43 minutes. But he split the other time, basically half and half playing shooting guard and small forward, and just was very good at both. Very aggressive, not necessarily spacing a ton, but he hit two out of four threes, and that's that's what you need from him. That's like, you, you need him to be able to hit those shots. Denver didn't get a ton of made threes from, actually, no, they did get one from Bruce Brown in game one. Uh, sometimes, like, like, Christian Brown didn't hit them. Jeff Green didn't hit them tonight. Uh Aaron Gordon didn't hit them, but Bruce Brown did. 
and you don't need all of the guys to be able to hit them. You just need some of them. And Bruce Brown was the guy tonight, and he's frankly, he's been the guy a lot of times. So credit to Bruce for stepping up in such a big way. He's, he's a, a talented player. Christian Brown, another not good game and a quick hook for Christian Brown, unfortunately. Only played uh, five minutes in this game. Played basically the final five minutes of the first quarter. And he had zero points, 0 of 2 from the field, 0 of 1 from 3. Did grab an offensive rebound, but committed two fouls. It's just not a Christian Brown series, I don't think. I I don't think that there's a good matchup for him. And the Lakers are just going to dare him to shoot. And and I don't know if he's ready for that. Like I I think that his his three-point shot just isn't ready. And, And maybe he proves me wrong, and that would be fantastic. I would love to be proven wrong by Christian Brown. But there's just not a great player for him to guard in this series. Like He would do a credible job against Kevin Durant and Devin Booker in the previous round. And then did a credible job against Anthony Edwards and guys like that in the first round. So it's tough. Uh, there will be other players, like hypothetically, if they were to make it to the NBA Finals, like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon. There's a lot of guys that he could guard. Uh, but in this particular series, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are the guys. And then you've got... Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. So maybe he could be out there against D'Angelo, but I don't know. We'll just have to see. All right, let's go to Jeff Green. Bad first half for Jeff. I, I don't want to overstate it because, unfortunately, like Jeff has kind of been the mark in a lot of different ways, and that sucks uh, because like, he just he just hasn't been very good. But in the 15 minutes that he played, uh, he he made a basket. He grabbed a couple boards. He drew a charge. That was an important piece. I think he got a stop at various points and and doesn't always do anything crazy, but he did have a big dunk in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was the first quarter. Uh, And sometimes sometimes he'll do that, and that's great. Denver needs that from him. They're going to need some more. They're probably going to need more. I do like that they ultimately got to Michael Porter Jr. playing the entire fourth quarter. Jeff Green was out there at the same time, but... Maybe Denver can find other options. I it's I keep saying it, but look, Denver keeps winning, so maybe they don't have to change anything. But I do think that Jeff, he's going to have to step up at some point and grab some rebounds, uh, do a little bit more on the defensive end, and, and make sure that he is uh, he's stepping up at the right times. But look, he's only a minus one in this game. I don't want to overstate it. Minus one in 15 minutes, it's not a big deal. The lowest plus minus on the team was KCP at minus nine. But as I as I stated, that was because of the beginning of the first and the third quarters, and Jeff wasn't out there for that. So, look, I know people are going to bemoan Jeff Green, and look, I, I don't think that he's he's been great, but I still think that Denver, like that's a that's something they can figure out. Um, Reggie Jackson even got some run. Let's uh, let's point out that for Reggie Jackson, good for him. And I mean, sometimes. Sometimes Roger Jackson's going to get out there. He only played three minutes right at the end of the first quarter. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Denver went to him in place of Christian Brown in the next game. I'm not sure that's actually going to happen, but hypothetically, let's say Denver, let's say it's Reggie Jackson off the bench along with Bruce Brown and Jeff Green, and then you have Michael Porter and either KCP or Aaron Gordon or Nikola Jokic, one of those guys out there. And, and Denver can absolutely do that. So maybe in the minutes where Jamal isn't out there, Reggie Jackson could be out there and do some handling along with Bruce Brown. Uh, 
Do I expect it? No, I think this was just more of a, hey, we're in desperate need of a guy to fill in due to foul trouble. Reggie, can you go out there and help? And he was a plus one. Didn't really do anything, but he was a plus one. So, is what it is. All right, that's basically it for the individuals. Well, when we come back, we are going to discuss just how monumental this actually was and, and what this result means for the rest of the series, because I think it's, it is very important that Denver got this one, and we'll talk about why. But first, a message from Sandy and Sean. We're back, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. 12.35 tonight. I am tired. I got up at 8 o'clock this morning to do a radio hit, so I'm probably not going to stay up too late. Uh, and not for too much longer, just because, um, yeah, it, it is It is what it is. We're, I'm, I'm making excuses here, but I'm, I really am tired. Like this, this playoff run has taken a lot out of me. But And so is the reverse jinxing, folks. The, the jinxes have been coming in clutch. Uh, we've, Denver's needed them every single time. And like, it is funny that tweet about Jamal and he immediately turns it around. Tweet about the Nuggets struggling and, and they immediately turn it around. So we will just have to see what they can do going forward, like whether that actually works. But I think the jinx might be on hiatus for, for a little bit. Would not surprise me if it if it doesn't uh, doesn't fully click over the course of this because I used up so much juice tonight like just to get Jamal to be in that spot. Uh, but either way, a monumental performance to save Game 2 by Jamal Murray and, and the Denver Nuggets. Like, everybody deserves a lot of credit. Jamal's going to be the face of it, and he deserves to be the face of it. Like, 23 points in a fourth quarter is a big deal. It's the fourth time in his career that he's done it. That's insane. Uh, just, a, just a monumental performance. And if Denver doesn't get it, think about it this way. If he doesn't do that and Denver loses this game, with as much as the Lakers were talking, you saw that, hey, Nikola Jokic, only 23 points. Like, they, they, they held him down, held him down. 23 points, 17 rebounds, 12 assists. He wasn't at his best. thought he missed some bunnies. And I thought that LeBron forced him into some bunnies. It wasn't just Rui Hachimura. It wasn't just... Jared Vanderbilt, who they started and never actually put on LeBron today, or on Jokic today. It was LeBron, especially in that second half, who actually forced a lot of the misses. Jokic is going to have to be better at managing that. And they've been, they've done a good job, the Lakers have, I think, of he's gotten comfortable against Davis one-on-one, and he actually starts off really well going against Davis one-on-one. And then they bring, they brought in Rui, and they immediately tried Rui on Jokic, and Jokic, I thought, handled that really well. I thought he did a pretty good job. And most of the reason why Denver struggled to score even with that was because of the shooting. It wasn't because of anything that Jokic was doing. He was setting up a lot of guys and scoring really well. Not his fault. But uh, I do think that when LeBron was out there, he's a guy that Denver hadn't really seen that much on Jokic. Jokic probably hadn't seen a lot. Uh, I thought the Jokic looked a little bit sped up by that. And if they, if Denver had lost this game, then the narrative would be LeBron James, Rui Hachimura, it doesn't matter. Like, as long as Anthony Davis is the rover, Denver is cooked. That would, that would have been the narrative. That's just how it would have been. Instead, what you get is Denver defense on court. Murray steps up in a big, big way, kind of saving what was a horrible game to then become one of the best games of his career. Like, 
objectively speaking. It's crazy, crazy even to think about that. But 37 points in a playoff game is nothing to sneeze at. And he also added 10 rebounds, 5 assists, and 4 steals. And with the manner that he did it, like that, that invoked the bubble. There's no doubt about it. But I do think that if, if he, like he, he got that. He got that. And Michael Porter also got it going. And Bruce Brown also made his shots. And Jokic also set people up. And Denver got enough from everybody to save this one. And now what you've got, now what you've got at this point is a LeBron James-led team, an Anthony Davis-led team, where both of those guys played 40 minutes. AD played 41 and shot 4 or 15. He's back to being the player that, hey, sometimes I'll show up on this day, and maybe I won't show up the next time. Like, he's, he oscillates between being one of the best players in the world and being a guy that you can you can definitely see yourself taken down. LeBron, I thought he was fantastic in each of these two games, but the lack of shooting for him, I think he was 0 of 4 in the first game and 0 of 6 tonight, so he's 0 of 10 on the series. That's a big deal. And like the Lakers, they're, they're probably feeling okay that if they get LeBron to be a better shooter and, and hit those outside shots, then they probably feel like, okay, we've got something here. Like the margin isn't that wide, but it didn't happen. And so now all the pressure is back on the Lakers. All the pressure is on them. For whatever reason, the pressure, it, it was apparently on the Nuggets, despite the fact that the Lakers were still the team that had to steal a game and they weren't able to do it. Now it is officially on the Lakers to hold serve on their home court. They can. There's no doubt in my mind that they can, but now you force them to. And after 41 minutes for AD, 40 minutes for LeBron, another bad game for Russell, which is important. He still has not played well in this series, and they may decide, hey, we may go with Schroeder. If we go with Schroeder in that starting lineup, then what does that mean for D'Angelo Russell? Don't know. Austin Reeves, shooting out of his mind in this series. Like he, some of the shots are open, some of the shots are contested, and he's banking them off the glass. And that's sometimes how the cookie crumbles. But he's been great in this series on the road. I'm sure he'll still continue to be really good at home, but will he be great? We'll see. We will see what it looks like. But And then Rui Hachimura, who started this game 8 of 8. 8 of 8 from the field. It's unbelievable. Just fantastic in this game. And still a minus 5. And minus 5 in a game that the Lakers lost by 5. So was that the adjustment that they needed? I don't know. Jokic kind of cooked them. And then it was actually LeBron who ended up being the other guy that they needed. And so maybe Rui doesn't need to be out there, but he's also a guy that they need their shooting. They need that scoring. And he provided that for sure. But Denver took that punch and they were able to withstand it. And now they get to game plan even more on what the Lakers are going to do. I'm very curious to see how this series continues to evolve. You had Denver's guys, like... Three or four of the guys played at least 37 minutes, including your sixth man off the bench, played 37. KCP only played 26. MPJ only played 31. Those guys are still going to be okay. They're going to be fresh, fresh-ish. But like Denver's other guys are going to be pretty tired, and they'll probably lose game three. Let's be honest. That's probably what's going to happen. But it's still pressure on the Lakers that if you lose one of those games, now you're going down 3-1. And yes, LeBron James can come back from 3-1. That has happened before. The Nuggets have also come back from 3-1, so they know that it's possible. I think that the Nuggets, playing at home in a Game 5 if they're up 3-1, the Lakers may not feel like they have much of a shot there. And that's great. That's a great place for Denver to be. They have defended home court. They are now 8-0 in the playoffs in Ball Arena, and that is a fantastic opportunity. Cedric also says here they can't come back from 3-0. 
And I agree. I agree that like that's just that's just not how it is. So game three, you've got so much pressure on the Lakers to actually get it done. If they were to falter in that situation, then maybe you see guys kind of uh kind of quit a little bit in game four. Like that wouldn't surprise me at all. So it's gonna be fascinating to see what how this thing ultimately evolves. But I do think in general that the Nuggets did what they had to do. That's the most important aspect of this. They did what they had to. And They've put all the pressure back on LA. The Lakers are the team that still has to make the adjustments. The Nuggets do not have to. They are the better team. They're the better team in the series. They have the best player in the series. And they've also got another player who's capable of going for 37. Like, that's a big deal. It is. And Michael Porter, like, despite the fact that he had 15 points and 16 points in each of the first two games, he's also a guy who's capable of going out for a crooked number. So, you know that the Nuggets are capable of doing those things, if you're the Lakers. They have the game plan for that, and they will be ready. I, I Like I said, I do think that they will win game three. Before the rest of the series, it would not surprise me if the Lakers, because they're playing so far behind, that they start to wear down a little bit. I think you saw one of the reasons why Denver took off in the second half, why they recovered in the second half and were ultimately able to win this game, because Jokic, when he grabbed those rebounds, was outrunning AD down the court. They couldn't get set up. Their transition defense was horrible throughout this game, the Lakers was. And maybe that'll change when you're not at altitude. Maybe that'll change when you're at home and it's a little bit more built into you what you're supposed to do at home. But, like, there's a lot that the Lakers have to overcome here. It's not just going to be, like, it's it's not just going to be the Lakers immediately getting two wins at home like they had in the first two rounds. They're going to have to fight for those. They are. And if the Nuggets steal one of them, then you can absolutely feel like Denver's in a good spot. Like, you absolutely can. So, I'm very curious to see how they evolve. LeBron will probably play. Like, I'm not concerned about that aspect of it. Like, but will he be able to defend Jokic if his ankle is a little bit sore? I don't know. Probably not, probably not, and and also be great on offense, which he needs to be in order to beat that team. But we will just see. We will see how it ultimately evolves. Do the Lakers get better production from D'Angelo Russell? Does Anthony Davis play better in the odd games than he does in the even games? Like, there's there's a lot to actually discuss here and a lot to figure out. But like, you're not going to get much better of a game from Yuri Hachimura. Like, he's been great in the two games that Denver's won. So. We're just going to have to see how it evolves. Will Denver ultimately expand their rotation to try to get some other guys in there? We'll see. Maybe Vlako Chanchar plays. Maybe Zeke Naji plays. A little bit more size, some versatility. But I do think that Denver's key to this is to stay big. Probably not go too small. There could be some time with MPJ at the four, but not too much time because I think Denver's best option here is just to keep wearing down the Lakers. Here's an interesting stat for you. Lakers in the first game grabbed five offensive rebounds. Lakers in the second game grabbed four. That's one of the key factors. It's one of the four factors in determining whether a team is going to win a game or not. It's how well you shoot with effective field goal percentage. How often you get to the free throw line and like what's your free throw rate? How often you turn the ball over, like your turnover percentage, and how often you grab offensive and defensive rebounds. Like those are your factors for how well you're going to play most of the time. And Offensive rebounding used to be a thing that the Lakers did well. It used to be. Now they aren't. If they can get back on the offensive glass, then maybe they can recover and win game three and four. But Denver also has some real pressure points there. 
Jokic has grabbed grabbed four offensive rebounds. Last game, he grabbed even more. Denver as a team grabbed 11 tonight. They are battling on the glass. They are winning that glass battle. When they win the glass, they win the game. That's who they are. That's who they've always been. So Denver's got to cut down on the turnovers a little bit, going on the road. They've got to keep battling on the glass. They've got to make sure their transition defense stays good and then hit the shots you need to hit. That's all it is. Denver can win one of those games three or four. They can do it. We will just have to see when it ultimately happens, but I do think that Denver's in a great spot here. Like you've got to you've got to love it. You got to love where this is. So much of the con- conversation lately has been about who the Nuggets are and who they have been in their history versus who the Lakers are and who they have been in their history. The Nuggets have always been little brother every single time. Anytime you run into big brother, you immediately get punched. You immediately get put down, put back into your place. And now for the first time, Nuggets fans are kind of fighting back a little bit, kind of talking some mess. I'm leading that charge a little bit. I'm, I'm certainly not staying within my shell. I'm making enemies out there. I've got so many people bookmarking my tweets that I, it's hard to count them. It's hard to count all the people bookmarking my tweets, waiting for me to wait, waiting for the Nuggets to fail so they can clown me on Twitter. And they'll probably try to come into the comment section and come into the chat. And they'll they'll probably try to clown. But it's hard to clown when you're losing. It really is. And Denver's done this to every team along this step, this step of the way. So if Denver can continue to do this, if they continue to kind of subvert the expectation here, which is the Lakers and the Celtics get to the NBA Finals to battle it out for Banner 18, if they're able to subvert those expectations – and defeat the Los Angeles Lakers. I know that the Lakers are a flawed team. I know that the Nuggets are a better team than the Lakers, but they're still having to fight against history. There's still a lot of things that they have to fight against, including what I thought was some suspect refereeing at the beginning of this game. But if they can fight through that, if they can manage that, if Denver continues to be in a good position, where they, if they're they're in a good position, sorry, I'm getting tired here. If they're in a position where Denver now gets to stop and smell the roses a little bit. I'm really curious. I'm curious to see how they handle it. There's been a lot of chatter. There's been a lot of talking. There's a lot of talking mess. And and I love it because Denver, this is the first time in their history that they've been able to act like that ever, ever. So you might as well take advantage. And Denver plays with that confidence. They play with that poise. They play with that rare intensity that you need from a small market to be able to conquer a team like this. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. I mean, how can you not? How can you not love the Denver Nuggets? Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, and the rest of the crew. It's amazing. It's been amazing to cover this team, and I hope they continue to put this, this team and this city on the map. It's a basketball town. Basketball town here in the Mile High City. Michael, can you hit that outro music for me? Everybody, that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the show. I appreciate all the love and support on the podcast, as always. Make sure to give this a like if you're hanging out. Really, really appreciate all y'all. But it is going to be hilarious uh, to see uh, where, where this continues to go from here. I am traveling to L.A. Saturday morning. I will be there for Game 3, there for Game 4. The podcast those days, will pro- I'll probably be podcasting on Saturday evening, but we will see. Have to play that by ear. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, 
We'll talk to you guys very soon. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit.